The way we know we've been transferred from death to life is that we love our brothers and sisters. Anyone who doesn't love is as good as dead. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know very well that eternal life and murder don't go together. This is how we've come to understand and experience love. Christ sacrificed his life for us. This is why we ought to live sacrificially for our fellow believers and not just be out for ourselves. If you see some brother or sister in need and have the means to do something, but it turn a cold shoulder and do nothing, what happens to God's love? It disappears, and you made it disappear. My dear children, let's not just talk about love, let's practice real love. This is the only way we'll know we're truly living, living in God's reality. Everything in the world is about to be wrapped up, so take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so all get in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus. And he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything. Encores till the end of time. Oh, yes. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Renee. I'm chairing the leadership team, and I have leadership team folks come up here. I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about our vision at this point so you would kind of have an idea of that. Um, so we had a survey a while ago that I think some of you have heard about, um, about what time our service is going to be. And we liked our part of the mission of the church, I think, is to hear from every voice. And that's what we tried to do in that survey. And we also like to live in this generous orthodoxy. So the people, the 9 o'clock people and the 10 o'clock people, generously orthodox to 9.30. So that's what's <laughs> going to happen next week starting. Um, so some of us will be getting here earlier than we want to, and some of us will be getting here later than we want to, but sometimes we have to find joy in the compromise. So that is one thing that is going to be changing this year. Um, but in general, our, our vision and our hope for this coming year is that we would be able to create a sense of community at this church. We have been through a lot as a church, and we have been a lot through a lot in the society in the last couple of years, and so creating a sense of community is a big um, thrust that we're trying to do this coming year. Um, that's part of the reason for that service time change is so that we would have practical time before we get too hungry for lunch after service to get together um, when a lot of people are already here. So that's part of that. And caring for the people that are here is, is an important part, I think, of what we're going to do in this coming year. But at the same time, we want to always remember what has been historically part of our vision is to reach out to marginalized communities in different ways, um, and that's going to look different ways over the course of our church, but and it will probably look different ways in the future, but that is also a big thing that we want to focus on, and so part of that is going to be dreaming together given the changes in human capacity, time, hours, effort, resources that we have, and the, and the financial capacity changes in that, is what is God doing? We're trying to listen to the Holy Spirit in that. What is is God prompting us all together to do. So part of our journey is going to be sort of discovering together what that looks like and how it might be the same as it has been in the past and how it might be different. And some of that is you're going to hear about more specifically today, some of the leaders in the different ministries and how they see that happening. Um, but some of it is just going to be gather like, where are you and your journey and how does that join together with our journey and how 
um, we can do that together and discover together what is the best place to put our, our stuff, our time into, the resources that we have. Um, knowing that we don't have to recreate the wheel, we don't have to do new things. Sometimes that means joining with other organizations. Um, financially, we're in a sort of a different place. I think you've, most of you have seen the notes um, than we have been before. And so we're trying to um, steward the wonderful generosity that is in this place, um, that has been in this place historically and, and continues to be there, to steward that in a way that makes sense to join um, with what is the need is in the community and what the need is in our neighborhood and our church. Um, we have some fixed costs that I think you saw on here that we can't change. We have this building, which is a, a blessing to be able to use the building for the needs of our church as well as to other organizations in the community, but that's sort of a fixed cost, and we have staff fixed cost. And so above and beyond that, where we're up or down in um, budgeted things depends on how we can do ministry. And so we're just trying to be creative with that, use the resources we have in a, in a good way. Um, the income and the generosity that's here in this church has allowed us to do a lot of really cool things this year. The Honduras trips, um, partnering with Lula, um, the, the brickwork updates, which is boring but needs to happen so that this doesn't fall down. Um, the ways that we are able to reach out to our unsheltered friends and, and to provide care for people who've needed it various times in, in the in the community has been a, a wonderful thing. Um, we want to say a special thanks to um, Jenna and Ginger and those on the counting team who help us do all of that um, financial stuff. Um, and I think Dan has some more to say. Sure. I'm Lisa McCormick. My pronouns are she, her. Um, I've been on the leadership team since April, so I'm the newest member. And I work at the Peoria Ag Lab, and I'm a mom to three kids and a wife. I'm Jeff Rolson. My pronouns are he, him. Um, I've been on the leadership team for about three years now, um, and I'm also on the resource team. I'm Renee. I'm also on formation team. I'm Melinda, and I'm also on the leadership team and have been on the leadership team almost two years as of next year. Uh, and I pastor this joint. I'm Megan, my pronouns are she, her, and I am on the leadership team. I've been on for about a little over a year at this point. Oh, and I'm on the ministry team, and I do nursery, I guess. <laughs> I'm Elizabeth Hensold. My pronouns are she, her, and I've been on this team since 2019. Uh, and I'm Dan Moore, and uh, I've been on the leadership team for a while. I don't less than most, but more than these two. I don't know, two years maybe. Um, and they, they put me in charge of the ministry team. Uh, and if you don't know, we kind of have like three sub-teams, and then some of those sub-teams have sub-teams, and it gets complicated. But basically, leadership team, there's someone from the resource team, which is one of the big three sub-teams. There's someone on the resource, or on, I just said resource, formation team, that's Renee. Uh, and then there's the ministry team. And the formation team, basically the best way to say is like all the formation stuff, the stuff that happens in here uh, on Sunday mornings, and then like the, the retreats and the Sunday school classes, that would fall under the formation team. Resource teams kind of got two teams within it, uh, somewhat the financial side and then the building side what needs to be fixed and you know and uh, then there's the ministry team and we do like all the stuff out there like the greeting uh, the coffee the lula the surround 
um, breakfast club, all that stuff that happens uh, outreach towards the community. Uh, and we're always looking for new members for any of the teams. If you want to join the ministry team, you're welcome to just say, hey, <laughs> I think I would be good on the ministry team. And we'll be like, sure, come on aboard, right? Uh, it would be great to not have to always like seek people out. So if you're seeking us, come talk to us. Um, and to that end also, if you are interested in getting involved, that's what the ministry fair is about, which is going to happen right after church. You don't even have to go all the way to the back building. You can just kind of mill about where we normally bill about and talk to the people who are in charge. And um, uh, yeah, did I say my name? Okay, good. <laughs> I talked so much I forgot I said my name. So, and I, oh, Lisa and I are also on Godly Play Team, which is uh, a sub team in which we used to be Genesis, Godly Play. So, uh, if you're looking to volunteer there too, we'll talk later. So. I think Joel and um, Kelly have some stuff to say about from Resource Team. Good morning, everybody. My name is Kelly. My pronouns are she, her, and I wrote notes down because I could wax poetic about the garden for hours, and I'm not going to do that to you. Or another time, another time. Um, so I help facilitate the garden here at the church. It's out behind the garage there in that little white fence. Um, we use the space and resources that we have here to grow food to give to people. So um, I volunteered first to work in the garden because I wasn't entirely comfortable peopling at church. Um, I was new to church and new to the people. So um, you know how that goes. <laughs> um, so Pastor Melinda said last week that um, I wouldn't want her in the garden, but this is not true. This is simply not true. The garden is a place for everybody. It's a healthy space and it's healthier when there's more people. You don't have to know anything. So I'm happy to share what I know. I don't know it all. I really like having people because then I learn more too. Um, it's fun. The one, the one prerequisite I would say for working in the garden is that you want to be there because it's a really miserable job when you don't want to be there. So if you would like to be there and you're interested in doing it, you are welcome. I will teach you whatever you want to know. If I don't know, I can find out. Um, so ideally plants need watered, produce needs picked, weeds need pulled. Um, obviously, there's a whole host of tasks like turning the compost, all those just routine things that happen but not on a regular basis, nothing too exciting. Um, any time commitment to the garden can be as much or as little as you want. You can come once a year. Thank you. Um, you can come every week. Thank you. That would be great. So my big ask, I need a coordinator. I need somebody. I can go in and turn dirt. I know when things need planted. I can see things. I can... Obviously, things need done. But I don't have the time, energy, or patience right now to be that coordinator person. When I pick tomatoes, I need somebody to get the tomatoes to the shelters. That needs, I need somebody to do that. I need somebody to kind of pull things together. You don't have to even be present at the church. You can do that from the comfort of your own home. Um, just have an internet connection maybe would be useful. Um, so... Emily Waite has really been doing that a lot, and I don't know if that's something you want to sign up for officially. Wink, wink. I can't wink. Wink, wink. Um, but we need people to help pick produce. If you want to just come once a week, and it doesn't even have to be a day. One day during the week, this week, you're going to pick weeds. Pull weeds, whatever. You know what I mean. 
Um, but a coordinator, somebody who can help pull those things together would be great. Um, so then my other thing for the future, I want the garden to not be me. I want the garden to be a true community garden. We have, I've got lots of community members that come in and I talk to and I know who eats what. <laughs> I've never picked an onion out of our garden. I plant tons of onions. They love the onions. So people are coming and they're eating them. Tomatoes, I have never picked a big red tomato. They like them green. Awesome, help yourself. So, but we need it to be more community. I want the garden to be bigger. I want it to grow. We have a lot of space out there that we can use, and I would like to do a permaculture installation, but it can't be me. I get run over by a bus, it needs to keep going. So I wanna pull more people in. That's you. My name is Joel McCormick, uh, pronouns he, him, and I've been on the security team for longer than I can remember. Um, so a little bit about the security team. Uh, we started that when we were at uh, the, our last building and we realized that um, one time somebody had come in and made a lot of extra coffee at the end of the service. So we thought maybe it was a good idea to have somebody out in the hallway so that uh, we were aware of who was in, in the building, um, not helping us out extra by making a lot of extra coffee. Um, so it's grown from there uh, as we've moved into this building. It's changed a little bit. Uh, really, it's a, a glorified usher type of position, really. What we're doing is standing in the, in the back. Uh, you may see me coming into the sanctuary occasionally, um, looking around. Um, mostly, if you see me looking at you, I'm probably counting you because we also do counting. You haven't done anything wrong <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> um, so really, we're here a little early, unlock the building, and, and make sure that the lights are on, some of those kinds of things, if, if that hasn't been done already. And then we stay towards the end and, and make sure that we lock up. In the past, we've had several uh, people do this. So we have somebody that gets here early and stays during the service um, as we transition to where we have Sunday school and, and uh, meeting times after the service. We probably have somebody that would stay during that time and then lock up at the end of the service. So if you're interested in doing any of those things or your time uh, would, would fit with what, either of those schedules, we would appreciate you uh, joining the security team as a volunteer. Typically, we try uh, no more than about once a month uh, for scheduling if we have enough people. So, yeah. Anything else? Okay. Just, just thank you all for your incredible generosity in giving Imago the resources that it has. Greatly appreciated. Uh, coming up next, we'll have uh, Holly from our Genesis team who leads our godly play. Uh, let me just say this again. I don't know if I've said it before, and if I have, if I'm repeating myself, I'm sorry. Any questions that you have about, like, the financial statement that you see or any questions about uh, anything that Holly's about to say, save those for the ministry fair so we can kind of not take up our whole time and hear for that. Hi, everybody. I'm Holly, and I'm here to talk about the children's ministry we have here at Imago. Um, <clears throat> the goal of our children's ministry, which is called Genesis, is to partner with parents to come alongside their kids to help them w um, along with their faith journeys. As kids are starting to think about God and think about the world and how we want to, how they want to engage with others around the world, or around 
our even our community so um that's our goal and we just started back up our nursery again in september for three months to three years old and then for the four <coughs> excuse me for the four-year-olds through fifth grade we have a new curriculum we started last um, advent called godly play and i am so excited about it still and i'm very um, excited that my kids who are two and five are going or have been exposed to it and are growing going to grow up with godly play it is a question-based curriculum so we tell the bible stories and then we ask questions about the bible stories so we don't say this is what you can take away from it we let them draw their own conclusions and i love that and i'm so grateful for that and i've had some great conversations with my daughter after godly play um, lessons um, some things that we're looking for at the ministry fair some roles we need to fill are nursery some people to serve in the nursery um, and godly play during some sunday school time because we're starting back Sunday school back up. And also we're looking for um, some youth leaders or some youth leader to um, lead some youth Sunday school. If you um, would not like to volunteer on a Sunday morning, but you still would like to help with the ministry, there's other ways to help. We are hoping to paint our counters in the different classrooms. Um, we could have have you help clean toys and you could donate your time or your money for the materials as we continue to build our godly playroom and we're also going back to having snacks so we could have people um, cook or buy some snacks for us so godly play really fits in with the ethos of Imago because we are a community that wrestles and um, digs deeper into into the Bible and into how we can best um, serve those around us and be the best we can be in our community. And I just wanted to end with saying that we are going to have a Godly Play Sunday on October 30th where our whole congregation is going to participate in a Godly Play session. So I'm excited that we're going to do that together and um, be looking for more information about that. Thank you. Thank you, Holly. At this time, we're going to have Libby come up here. She kind of, all of our music people are strictly volunteers, and we are, and, and our AV people are all volunteer, and we're so thankful for all of those people that do that. And Libby is kind of our, uh, she's our leader of the pack. It looks like she's the band, what's that called? The drum major? Okay, that's it. Here's Libby. So if I'm being honest with homecoming service last week, this honestly would have been me on homecoming with my updo shoved into one of these things. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so um, good morning. My name is Libby Moore. My pronouns are she, her. And I serve as the coordinator for the worship team here at Imago. And that means that in addition to leading worship a few times a month, I do a number of the administrative tasks for our team, like scheduling volunteers and organizing all the moving parts for the service um, and addressing needs as they come up, including um, keeping us focused on the bigger picture, um, the mission of our ministry. So what is music ministry? Um, on the practical, um, heady side, if you will, to use Enneagram language, 
um, we provide music for the weekly services, every weekly service, um, and for special services like Longest Night, Ash Wednesday, and Good Friday. Um, we also occasionally create special ensembles to share music at different times throughout the year, um, like our adult and children's Christmas choirs that we've had. On the more spiritual or heart side, um, we lead our beloved community into a time of praise and thanksgiving, lament, reckoning, communion, and community through song. Um, before I get to where we're going this year with this ministry, I first want to share where we've been. Um, this year, we have provided music for every Sunday and special service at this church, um, which is quite a feat um, considering um, the needs of isolation and um, quarantine for our team. So we have come together and we have gotten it done. <laughs> so that's a lot to celebrate for us. Um, we've also, the worship leaders have opened lines of communication with our staff and with the teaching team this year, and we've tried to be more intentional about working to bring more focus and familiarity to the worship service through our song selections. Um, we brought the Imago Adult Christmas Choir back in December, and that was a great time, um, and we were happy to be able to coordinate a virtual kids choir last December. Um, on the opposite side, um, we've also sadly had a number of high capacity volunteers that have stepped back this year for a variety of reasons. Um, and I know that our ministry is not alone in that. The last two years have been very hard for lots of ministry areas in this church and um, churches across the country. So with that said, um, where are we headed with this new church calendar year for music ministry? Um, well, we're excited to continue providing music for our worship services, and we're continually looking at new ideas and ways of creating meaningful worship experiences. We also are excited to welcome back the Kids Christmas Choir this year um, in person. Hooray! Um, Holly Earlson, our children's ministry director, who you just met, and I are working together to try and bring an element of godly play into our kids' Christmas program this year. So more details are to come on that. Um, and as you can imagine, our biggest need right now is volunteers. Um, if you sing or play an instrument um, or are involved or want to be involved in um, the tech side of things, multimedia or the soundboard, we can teach you. We can totally teach you and get you set up. If you just have to press buttons. That's really all it comes down to, right? It's that sound. I'm going to leave it at that. It's that simple. <laughs> I'll let JJ unpack that later. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, the commitment for these teams is about once a month, um, is about how much we, we usually try to schedule you more often if you want to, but once a month is kind of our standard. Um, usually practicing on Sunday mornings, occasionally more often um, as needed to support our volunteers. Um, so if you have any questions about that, you're welcome to talk to myself, um, Sarah Dyer, who will be up here in a minute, um, or JJ Simpson, and we'd love to chat with you. Um, along those lines, we're excited to announce that we will be holding a worship team retreat coming up on Saturday, November 5th. We're calling it, can you guess by my hat? We're calling it Band Camp. That's what we're calling it. <laughs> super nerdy, super fun. I love it. Um, this will be a day of welcoming new team members, training, building relationships, practicing upcoming worship sets. Um, both for new and current team members. So if you're interested, mark your calendar and come chat with me and sign up after service at the ministry fair. So, all right, thank you. 
Next, we have the fun group that is the Hot Mess Sisters with Sarah Dyra. I can't speak. Okay. I'm so sorry. Good morning. My name is Sarah Dyer. Not Dwyer, Dryer, all those other ones. My pronouns are she, her. I am one of the worship leaders, so find us for that. But today I'm going to be sharing about Hot Mess Sisters. So Hot Mess Sisters is a group of women. Everyone is welcome to come and join us. We meet on Thursday nights, 6.30 to 8 p.m. in the fellowship hall. So you just park and you come in. We go through a variety of different books. We've talked about podcasts. We share life. This year, currently, we are reading through a book by Shauna Nequist called, I Guess I Haven't Learned That Yet. And so we can unpack tough questions and answer tough questions and just share, share life, and we do that together. I think Hot Mess Sisters is also an opportunity to have that community in a deeper sense of connection. So when we come on Sunday morning, we kind of take things in. When we meet for Hot Mess Sisters, we, we give and we take, and our sisters are there for us for so many things, whether it's a food train after a baby or after a surgery, sending out birthday cards, um, providing all sorts of support in different ways. So I invite you to come and join us. Can I have my Hot Mess Sisters in here raise their hand just to show who is part of Hot Mess Sisters? Okay, wonderful. I love you, sisters, and if you're not... One of our sisters now, please come and join us on Thursday evenings. If you have any other questions, I'll be in the back afterwards. Thank you. Next, we have our Surround Ministry. It is a ministry that was started many years ago for our families that have uh, foster children and adopted children. And uh, Diane Lane will come forward and, and give us some information about that. Good morning. Uh, Surround is one of the reasons why uh, when we were looking for a church, um, we were looking for different relevant cultural things to consider, and this church's focus and support of foster care and adoption um, was the cultural thing that we really needed. We needed people who understood that we had some very unique problems in our lives sometimes and some very unique things to celebrate. So we meet on one Tuesday a month. Um, we, food is provided. Caitlin, uh, who's not really a Sunday morning person, <laughs> but she's in charge of Surround. Uh, Mark and I have been involved since the very beginning. Um, and the great thing about Surround is that if you've ever had anything to do with foster care, you know that it's a hot mess in all the wrong ways. So um, sometimes it's very helpful to sit at a table with a meal that somebody else has provided for you and clean up that you do not have to ha make or do um, while someone else is watching your children and you have a peaceful meal of conversation with adults and very few interruptions. So that's, what are you saying? Oh, yes, Sam interrupts our meals regularly because he runs faster than the babysitters, <laughs> basically. So Sam will come running through the, the, where we're having our meal back in the back room, and um, then a babysitter will be coming along not too far after him. So it's always exciting. We bring the excitement in Laneland. That's certainly true. 
Um, so we talk about some of the realities of foster care. We talk about some of the realities of um, adoption after foster care. We talk about the judge you might have in your case. We talk about a social worker who maybe is doing a great job or maybe you need a little help advocating for what that social worker is supposed to be doing. Um, we talk about a guardian ad litem and what they do and how they do it. If you have anything to do with foster care or you have ever adopted, we are your people and we would love to see you on, it's either the third or the fourth Tuesday, the fourth Tuesday of the month and that's why I'm not totally in charge because I'm really not, I'm kind of flighty. All right, and so Tim, who has also been involved with Surround since its inception, I wanted him to say some things about what he likes. Next, we have our formation team and formation communities. And just so you know, if you go on our website, you will see uh, three, you'll see four teams listed like Dan talked about earlier. You will see leadership, you'll see resource, you will see formation, and you will see ministry. And so at this time, uh, Brian and Vicki are going to talk about our formation team and the formation communities that they lead. Good morning. Uh, my name is Brian. Pronouns are he, his. Um, our formation team is one of those teams that no one knows exactly what we do. So I go, like, what is it that you're in charge of? And it's hard to explain because it changes as the time goes on and as different needs arise. So um, one of the things that we really focus on now is creating spaces for people to be together and to encounter God. And that can look like lots of things. It can be about small groups. We're really hoping to push um, and get people involved in small groups this year. It can be the retreat communities that Vicki's going to talk about in just a minute. It can be our discussion times after services. Um, we used to call them Sunday school, and that sounded super old-fashioned and boring. So we try to come up with new names, and then no one knows what we're talking about. So it's going to be a class kind of thing. So starting next Sunday after the service, we're going to begin a four-week um, class discussion group just called the Imago Story. And it's a great way for you, if you're new, just to kind of figure out what is this strange place all about? Why do they do these things the way they do them? It's also a great place if you've been here for a while just to come and get to know some of the new people and connect with them. So it'll just be for about 45 minutes right after church. Again, we'll be down in the Parkview Room starting next Sunday. I mean, it's a great way just to kind of plug in and get to know people. So on our team, I just want to make sure you know who the formation team is. So we have Pastor Melinda. We have Linda Moore, David Hensold, Gina Ganshaw, Mandy Campen, Renee Miller. Um, Seth Nolan has served us really well for many years, and he is now um, taking, uh, stepping down for a little bit. And then Elmer Lunksford is joining and taking his place. So we are very excited to have Elmer with us. So if you are one of those people, would you just stand up for a minute so people can see you and see where you are? I won't make you come up front, but just stand and wave. You know? No. They are just a group that I feel very lucky to work with. Um, just their love for you as a church family and um, just their hopes for making spaces for God to be working in all of our lives is a beautiful thing to see and be a part of. So I'm very grateful for that. So again, we are working on all those little spaces. So we do holy seasons like Advent and Lent. We talk about what are some things we can do to make that season special and meaningful and significant. We talk about Sunday mornings. We talk about communion, all those different things. Again, just making spaces where God can come into our life um, and encounter us at that point. So one of the things that we do support and work with is our formation communities. And Vicki's going to tell us a little bit more about that. So one of the lyrics of the songs that we sang earlier is, Where you are, Lord, I am free. And one of the main things to remember or learn from our formation communities is the idea of awareness and that God is everywhere all the time. Paying attention 
is something that an alumni has said to me before, that that was the entire theme of the formation community for them, was the idea and learning to pay attention to where anything or anyone is at in your life. You pay attention, you're probably going to see it. So if you have been or currently are part of formation communities at Imago, could you raise your hand? There are a ton of hands raised, so look around. Thank you, guys. Um, part of the other thing that I love about formation community and having so many in our um, body go through them is shared language. Shared language about what spiritual formation looks like. Shared language about grief and loss and trauma when it comes to spiritual baggage. This is a place that you can process that through the learning of new and old spiritual disciplines. Things that have been around since the inception of the church is something that we focus on tradition. Um, spiritual disciplines that um, have stood the test of time. And also the idea that spiritual disciplines are not a one-size-fits-all. Formation community introduces you to a whole toolbox of things so that wherever you're at in your journey, um, there are people that can come alongside you and sh shepherd you into those disciplines and then have a place to discuss them, honestly, when they work or when they don't work. Um, there are spiritual disciplines for me that don't work. And I will have conversations with people, and they're like, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. I'm like, I'm so glad it was good for you. So just having that opportunity and that space. Um, right now, um, we are currently running our eighth formation community. So a lot of people, like I said, have gone through this. They'll finish in 2023. We will start our ninth formation community at the beginning of next year. So probably around January or February. And we'll part start putting out the dates for that and asking people to express their interest in December. Um, so if that's something you're interested in, if you just want a space to practice paying attention to the divine all around you, then this is absolutely the space for you. And next we have Corey Brown, who's going to talk to us about Honduras and the work that we've been doing there for many, many years. Thanks. So uh, I did want to talk about Honduras. If you don't know anything about uh, what our church does with Honduras, uh, there's a local community there that we partner with. Uh, they call it a neighborhood. We would call it a homeless camp or a, a group of unsheltered people that have these uh, sticks and plastic uh, that they use to make uh, their houses. Uh, so we send teams down. We've been doing this basically as old as the church is. We've been sending teams down to this community, uh, building durable homes for them with concrete floors, concrete walls, and, and uh, steel roofs that don't leak. Uh, so uh, that, that is a key aspect of this is just, you know, reaching out, working with the local group there to figure out how do we best meet their needs. And durable housing is what they come up with. And they uh, they actually have a local council that determines uh, which family uh, gets the next house. So they got a list of uh, people in the, in the, the mayor and the, the local community there. They manage that list. So we just show up and get the privilege of meeting somebody new that we get to uh, essentially meet their basic needs uh, and, and participate with the, the locals that are, that are making that happen. Uh, the other thing that has sprung out of the relationships that we built there is uh, the chronic problem of poverty there starts with the teenagers, especially the girls, uh, can't afford to go to high school because uh, it's not entirely free and it's difficult and there's all sorts of reasons why uh, they can't do that. And so we try to work with uh, people there to make sure that they have that opportunity. Uh, so we're starting a new thing. We talked about this a month ago, I think, when the Honduras team reported, but uh, we have, uh, I think, eight people right now that 
uh, eight teenagers that we are, uh, that people in our church are paying for them to go to school. It costs about $100 a month. It's a very good school. They actually, uh, it's bilingual, so they're learning English as well as um, their normal education. And that by itself, uh, being a translator in Honduras, uh, gives you an opportunity to make money and, and provide for your family as they grow up. So uh, those are the things that are going on with Honduras. Um, the ways that you can get involved, uh, the church uh, covers the cost of the building materials, which is like four or $5,000. Uh, out of the budget, so you can just give to the church, uh, the general fund, and that helps uh, support the trip. Uh, if you want to give directly to that building fund, you can, uh, in the giving menu on our webpage, there's a Honduras resource fund that you can support uh, directly. Uh, also, there is a, a form you can fill out on the, uh, I think if you go to Missions Honduras and, and dig through there, there's a form you can fill out to support uh, to support the education fund, and so we will make sure that that gets uh, sent to somebody's uh, monthly uh, cost of education, and we're working on a system to get you a little bit more connected so that uh, you actually get to uh, see the person that you're, that you're supporting for the month and maybe even talk to them at some point. So uh, Imago's not a super organized church, maybe sometimes, so uh, we're still working on that, but... Thank you for that, Vicki. Uh, we actually, <laughs> it's but I'll ramble on for a second on that, I guess. It's been pretty cool after this last trip where we got to reconnect with quite a few people uh, to see like the number of children there that uh, are Facebook friends with us and message us on a regular basis. It, it, it's pretty cool uh, to see that ongoing relationship. Um, I think I had maybe two more things uh, that you can do to help out. Uh, we will be sending a team down next summer uh, there'll be information for that probably in January, so be looking for uh, information on that trip and thinking about whether or not it's something you should go on. We don't bring particularly important skills or maybe even any skills uh, to the construction site. Uh, it's more about just our presence there and the community wants uh, to interact with us and, th and they want us to keep coming, but they keep asking us to come back. So. Uh, the house will get built whether or not you know how to swing a hammer or not, but uh, we would love to have more people on that trip and more people uh, building relationships with our friends down there. Uh, obviously, you can support uh, individual uh, team members. If you can't go, you can obviously pray for us and contribute financially to those that, that are able to go. Uh, so there are a lot of ways uh, that you can help out and make this uh, Imago Day Church team effort and not just... Uh, you know, a couple of us on the on the missions team. I guess we're the missions team. Anyway, thank you. Thank you, and I'm going to wrap us up. Thank you for that. Thank y'all, everyone. I, I, yes, I, I'm speaking for Breakfast Club this morning. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Vicky. Thank you. Uh, so the first thing I do want to talk about is Breakfast Club. <laughs> Uh, so we've uh, transitioned out of the way we did Breakfast Club in the past, and we're looking to the future. What is an effective way to reach our unsheltered friends? Jillian is in the back, and she actually heads up Breakfast Club. But she asked that I 
kind of relay uh, what, we, what we know so far. So we work closely with Jolt and Lula in ministering to our unsheltered friends, and we rely on them for information and feedback and the best way to make inroads into being friends to the unsheltered community. And so knowing that, we have been uh, told that, for those of you that don't know, Breakfast Club was a ministry where every Sunday we bust in some unsheltered people and we fed them breakfast, we sat and had community with them, we made friendships, and, and it was a great way for the church to connect with our unsheltered friends and for them to receive a good hot meal, etc. From what we've been told from Lula and Jolt, that model probably is not the best way to minister to this community as of now. That might change in the future, but as of now, it's not probably the most effective. So what they have asked of us is to um, consider doing some um, meals for them on the weekends. Now, what this would look like, we already do meal packs on Wednesday evenings, like emergency packs with like tuna, crackers, fruit, those kind of things, but we could do like ham and cheese sandwiches with uh, some fruit and pack those things up with a bottled water, and we could actually take those to the camps that are in the city, and where they would need that help would be on Saturday and Sunday, and so this is what it would require of us. Now, we're not doing this tomorrow because we need people that are willing to, to do it first, okay, but the dream is for Lula and Jolt that we would pack the lunches and that we would send some people on Saturday and Sunday just to go into the, to the camp and distribute them. Before we do that, we would need to train all of us in some trauma-informed therapy, uh, uh, on conversations, on how to, um, uh, to speak to unsheltered people and I am really terrible at putting my foot in my mouth. So, And I've done this training with, with Jillian and some of the others. It was like a Friday night and a Saturday morning, and it was really good. It was very helpful. Even if you're not working with unsheltered people, it was really good information on how to relay to people uh, a com uh, information or that you just care about them. And so that's one thing that they would ask us to do. If you're interested in that, we will have a table back here at the ministry fair, and Jillian will be back there, and you can ask her questions there. The second thing that they've asked us to, to, to consider, and this would be more of a uh, mid to long-term goal, but it is a huge need in the unsheltered community. They've asked us to, they've asked us to consider uh, taking the bathroom that's off the kitchen. If you're not aware of it, there's a little bathroom right off the kitchen back here that connects with the uh, uh, janitor closet with our cleaning supplies. And they've asked that we would consider to transform that little bathroom into a shower, into an area of washer and dryer. So what we would do if we were able to do that, let's say, I'm just going to give you a, just a rough sketch of what that would look like. We put the shower in, we put the washer and dryer in. Let's say on Tuesdays from 5 to 7, uh, Lula and Joel would help us get people here who could take advantage of that shower and washer and dryer. And we would volunteer to be in the building with them. That's an excellent way to make community and make friends with the people that come in during that time frame. If that's not a good time frame, we may try three to five. I don't really know. Maybe we do it twice a week. Maybe we do it once a week. That, that only time will tell that. And, um, but that's something that they have asked us to consider. So be thinking about that too. If that's something that strikes you like, oh yeah, I really want to be a part of that. 
Obviously, it's going to take money. <laughs> and as we just told you, money will be a little tricky this next year. It will take time. We'll need volunteers to do this. Um, and so if that interests you at all, please let us know. Any other questions about Breakfast Club? I am going to refer you to Jillian, and uh, that will be that. This is what I want to share with you about where I would like to see us go in the next year. I am like Renee. We've talked about this a lot. We want this year to be about community. We have been disconnected due to COVID, just to all the things. And we want to make space that we're not so disconnected with each other anymore. And we will do that, hopefully, by beginning Sunday school again. That's what we've adjusted the time, like Renee said. Also, on the survey, overwhelmingly, you said that you wanted small groups. So that would be groups outside of this on Sunday morning, maybe on a Sunday evening or Sunday right after church, uh, maybe a Monday night, once a month, once a week, whatever works for you. If you and over 81% of you said that you wanted to be in a small group. So there's also a table out there with formation community, I believe, with Brian. Uh, if you're interested in being a part of a small group, Will you respond to that out there at the ministry fair? If you have a preference for a, a time and a day, let us know that. Because uh, we're going to very uh, aggressively pursue putting together small groups. Um, we have a deconstruction retreat coming up in a couple of weeks on September the 29th and August, um, October the 1st. Uh, I have some friends coming in that's going to lead that for us called Faith After Doubt. Uh, a lot of us have deconstructed some things, and now what do we believe? I've talked to several of you that have said, I don't know how to do this now, and I don't know how to do that now. I've shared with you that I parented my three older kids a certain way, and now I still have one at home, and I don't know how to parent her anymore because the old ways don't work, and I'm not using them. Does that make sense? And I've had some other parents tell me the same thing. So I hope that even if you're away on the other side of deconstruction, you'll still come to be a part of community with those of us that are still maybe in the middle of it. And for those of you that never had to deconstruct, hallelujah. We'd like for you to be a part of this as well. It's a way to build community with one another. We've also talked a little bit about the youth. We had seven to go on the retreat in July. I think that's a little bit of a momentum. And we would like to see that flourish a little bit more, maybe a group <clears throat> that meets during our small group time and on Sunday mornings or during our Sunday school. Uh, we'd like to see something like that happen. If you're interested in helping with youth, let me know. A couple of other things, and I'm going to stop, I promise. Um, once a month, the police chief of Peoria meets with the clergy in the area to hear our concerns and to tell us some statistics and keep us informed of what's going on with the city. And uh, he brought in a young lady uh, this past Tuesday that's working in the 61505 zip code and they are doing some they're working on a grant to do some things some in reach in that area and they are going to be asking some predominantly Caucasian churches to partner up with African-American churches in that zip code so that we could minister and be friends and work together or maybe looking at some issues in that zip code that maybe we could help one another with I would love to see us be a part of this effort. I really would. That banner out there, we need to put some feet to it, right? I think we need to put some feet to it. The next thing, the last thing, and I'll end with this, is we've had 
like three different people at three different times come to us and ask us about a closet for our trans transgendered friends. And, you know, when three different people at three different times want to have that conversation with you, you know, you just got to look into it, right? And so that's something that we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks is establishing a closet for our transgendered friends. If you're interested with that, see me as well. Now, as we are wrapping up this morning, and the worship team can come on. Thank you for hanging in there with us this morning with all the talking and all the blah, blah, blahs. But I really do believe it's more than blah, blah, blahs. I really believe that Imago's doing some really good things here that are meaningful and impactful and will outlast us. And I just invite you to join what we're doing and be a part of it with us.